Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. All right, I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. You can follow along with me on the screens. Maybe the version that you have in your Bible is different. Um, But it says, Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is around 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms or to ask for money from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms or asked them for money. And the Bible says, and fixing and fixing his eyes on him, John Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. (laughs) How disrespectful is it for you to look at a person that's in a wheelchair and just tell them, man, get up and walk. And he took them by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody say immediately. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, the man who was lame, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging for money or for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And in the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, lift the city. Lift the city. And I'm hoping and my desire from this message is that we will leave our city filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them. Come on, let's pray. Dear King, I love you. And I thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to just come before your presence, Lord. Father, John 3.30, Lord, let me get out the way. I pray, Father, that you would speak. Let it be your words, Lord God. Let it come directly from your throne of heaven, Lord God. I pray um, that the hearts would be tilled, Lord God, and that you would open hearts, Lord, that seeds today would be planted, that some seeds will be watered, Lord, and and I pray ultimately, Lord God, that some seeds will give about fruit. Father, we cancel any plan of the enemy, Lord God, walking out of these doors, even before we get done. We pray, Father, that as they walk out of these doors, that the birds of the air will not snatch this seed, Lord, that the sun will not scorch it, that the thrones, the affairs, the thorns, the affairs of life, Lord, will not choke this seed, Lord, but that it would produce 30, 60, and 100-fold, Lord. We pray, Father, that our hearts uh, would be broken for what breaks your heart, but that we would be activated in the way that you were activated, Jesus. Father, we love you, and we thank you. It's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, would you take about three seconds and make some noise for Jesus? Come on, if you got some hands, would you clap your hands together and make some noise for Jesus? Isn't this crazy? I'm going to mess with y'all right now. Isn't this crazy? It's 2021. Some of you are like, yeah, I know. It was 2020 two weeks ago. Exactly. It felt like yesterday. Like, yo, do you know that today marks the 
second week, we went back online and that we were like, oh, <laughs> this pandemic is going to end right around the corner. Easter. We were already planning. Oh, we're going back. I remember during this week having a conversation and God put it in my heart because I know that there's some pastors that unfortunately some of them have not even been able to survive during this year. But man, I'm grateful for the city that I serve, that we're a part of the big C church, that it's not just greater church, but that there's some amazing churches. And here's the crazy part about it. Unlike the city um, where I come from, the pastors here actually like each other. Like, yo, we actually go to lunch. We like it. We know each other's kids. When you come to our church and you start talking about how bad that other church is, we look at you weird. I go and I talk to him and I'm like, yo, this person's talking. I don't, you know, you know, that's my best friend, right? You know, it's a really good friend of mine, right? Because gossip is a cancer. Remember we talked about that last week? That you have the ministry of reconciliation. Your job is to build up, not to tear down. That the potter would destroy the vessel but then he would always build it back up and our words have so much power but man together we got with some pastors and God put it on my heart and this week we got with a bunch of pastors and we were like yo guys what's up with this whole pandemic thing what y'all think next week we're gone we're back to church <laughs> a year ago we were like yeah next week you think it's good like you think we'll be back Easter let's look at Easter maybe we just give people some time you know just give them some time and one year later <laughs> it's 2021 and I'm going to take it even a step further. Yo, it's 2021, and we're done with the first quarter of 2021. You, you remember, this year was a little bit different. Maybe it was a little different. Right, Ricky? Like, we started, did, did you have New Year's resolutions? Like, I had, I had New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Y'all remember those things? Steve, you, see, you've been in the gym all day long. I can't even talk to you. You've been keeping your New Year's resolution. You look amazing. But everybody else, me, I had New Year's resolutions. I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and 2021, I'm going to kill 2021, and the devil, you're going to die. And it's just like, and then it's like March, and I'm like, <laughs> scratch that off. I haven't done that very long. But yo, listen, the year's not over. You can jump back on the wagon. Come on, you can go back to Planet Fitness. Get them folks back their $10. Like, let's go, baby. Like, you can still do it. You still got time. But it's funny because I started thinking about that and kind of when I was shaping this message, I was trying to come up with an idea. How is it that I can relate to you personally on this idea of us looking outward instead of inward all the time? And God brought me to this idea of like New Year's resolutions. And it's like, yo, it's 2021. We're three months into this thing. And in, in and of themselves, yo, New Year's resolutions are amazing. Like, yo, they're incredible. Like, you should have them. You want to be better. Is there anybody in the room that's just like, yo, 2021, I just want my life to be worse. I want to get diabetes. I want high blood pressure. Let's go. Woo, I'm ready to die. No, bro. I, all of us in our hearts, we're like, yo, we want to get better with our relationship. Like, yo, oh my God, I want to get a divorce. No. You're like, yo, I want to love my spouse. I want to be able to re raise my children correctly. Like, I want to start a business. Like, I want to do things with my life. Like, I have dreams, and I have purpose, and I have goals, and, and I want to do things. But nine times out of ten, they're very selfish. Because nine times out of ten, you're thinking about yourself. I want to get better. I want more money. I want a better relationship. I want to find my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I and you have to be careful. In and of themselves, listen to me, those are good things for you to want good things for yourself. But you have to be careful that your mind is not just wrapped around all day long, every day of your life, on the idea of I. 
we talked about in the essential series and I would ask you to go back and next Sunday I'm going to touch on it a little bit and I would love for you to make sure that you're here next Sunday. I got a big message in my heart that I want to share with you but we talked about these four cups and how God he wants to, the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 6 the Bible says that he brought the children of Israel before they ever even got out. He said Moses I want you to have a conversation with the children of Israel. Here's what I want you to tell them. I, I am going to bring you out of Egypt. And then when you get out of Egypt, I'm going, to, I'm going to free you from Egypt. And then once I free you from Egypt, I'm going to redeem you. And then I'm going to make you my people. And here's the idea of scripture. What it's saying is that I'm going to get you out of Egypt, but I'm going to get Egypt out of you. And once I get Egypt out of you, I'm going to put you back to your original state, the purpose, the goals, the things that you wanted to do, the things that I put inside of your heart. And then I'm going to make you make a difference. You're going to go out there and you're going to live this thing to fulfillment. Like it's important that you live these things out. But what will happen, though, is that a lot of these things, if you're not careful, you're only stuck looking into yourself. And you find yourself, I got salvation, and God changed me, and I'm saved by the grace of God. And then you get to the second part where you're like, you know what? I got out of Egypt, but Egypt hasn't gotten out of me. Why? Because I'm still saved, but I'll cuss you out in a flip second. Just, I, I, like, you say something out the way, and I'm like, yo, do I take my earrings off? What you said? Like, I still, I got to deal with things. And that's not, yo, listen, you're, that, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That just means you're on the journey. God is looking for perfection. He's looking to put you on the process of perfection. So what happens, though, is that you begin to deal with yourself. The reason why I snapped on that person is because I remember my dad snapping on me. And I remember that she broke up with me when I was 13 and I thought everybody else was going to do the same thing. And I went to this job and every single job has let me go at this certain point. So I walk into a job and I'm like, at some point they're going to fire me. And you have to deal with your yesterday and finally close the door on your yesterday so that you can start moving forward. That's the job of the church. That's the job of our G groups to be able to help you. But then you come to a place when you dealt with your interior where you start to learn, yo, I got, I got a purpose in my heart. Like, yo, there's a song in my spirit. There's a book in me. Like, yo, I remember I was going to start this orphanage, and there are things that are so easy for you to do that are not easy for me to do because God has put those gifts inside of you. Gifts of God come without repentance. God is the Indian giver. He doesn't put these things in you and say, oh, my God, you sinned. I'm going to take these things out of you. That's not the way that God works. But God wants to redeem those gifts inside of you. But then we walk our way through the process, and then we get stuck there. Because we forget that there's another step in the equation. And the step in the equation is for you to make a difference with what God did inside of you. And sometimes we're looking so interior that we pick the story up in Acts chapter 3. The children of Israel are upside down right now. A man has come to the city and flipped the city upside down. Took the religious dogma and ripped it in half into the scene and he completely preaches countercultural, but yet God is putting an exclamation point on every demon that is cast out, on every sickness that is rent from a person's body. God is putting an exclamation point and God is even saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The church is flipped upside down because they lost all their faith when they saw their savior, Jesus, up on the cross and he died. And man, I'm telling you next Sunday, I got a word that I want to share with you on that. But the church was just like, yo, like we lost. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that over 500 people saw this Jesus. They see this Jesus. They talk to Jesus. And this Jesus gives steps and marching orders 
want you to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to go be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem, and to the ends of the world. He tells them, hey, listen, I get it. <laughs> like, I know, I know you thought it was over, but it's not. And I'm gone. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit who's going to come, and he's going to empower you. Hold on. What do you mean empower you? Like, you're going to do all this stuff, right? He's like, no, <laughs> now it's on you. Now it's your responsibility. Now it's your turn to be able to start doing these things. And the first thing we see is that they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The promise is happening. And, yo, we stay stuck sometimes on that. And it's, man, I believe in things and I believe in all that stuff. But it's so much bigger than that. Like, after that, Jesus was the only one that was preaching. And last Sunday, we were able to look at Peter. Rip your freaking ear off, Peter. Cuss you out in the name of Jesus, Peter. Like, I mean, just Peter's the one up there. He's like, you think everybody's drunk? Hey, mind you, there were about 5,000 people there. How many of y'all feel like you could preach a message on the spot, 5,000 people? Outside of Hanan. And me. And me, Hanan. Me, you. Me, you. Me, you. Like, I, I could preach. I got a couple in my back pocket right now. I'll get them. So it's harder for me to preach to like a small group of three or four people than it is to preach to like a, a room of a million. Like, <laughs> that's easy. Like, I'm going to preach and I'm going to just, God, you do it. I'm going to walk away and say, I hope I didn't send people to hell. <laughs> you do it, Lord. Peter goes up and preaches to 5,000 people, bro. And in that moment, the Bible says that over 3,000 people get saved. They give their life to Jesus. Peter, who was unqualified, Peter, who will cuss you out in a split second. Yo, he denied Jesus. I don't, I don't know him. Yeah, you do. Beep, 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 beep. You beep, 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 him beep, beep, beep. I don't. The Bible said he just snapped on the people. But yet this is the very person. Why? Because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because it was little to do with the vessel and everything to do with what was inside of the vessel, which was the Holy Spirit. If you catch that, if, if you understand that, it'll bring you freedom but it'll activate you in a way that you never imagined. If you understand that, yo, I am a broken, messed up individual. Yo, I'm not perfect. This thing here is going to fade and disappear, but God has empowered me inside of me. I have conversations with people, and all of a sudden, I'm telling them things that I read in the morning, and God bring those things back to my remembrance. God has been able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to use a broken gang member who should have been in prison for the rest of his life, yet God redeemed and changed them and empowered him with the Holy Spirit. So it has nothing to do with the guy on the stage and everything to do with the God that's inside of me. Good news. He's inside you too. It's inside of you. The Holy Spirit. For those of us who have called on the name of Jesus. It's inside of you. The Bible says that Peter from off of this big high. He preached to 5,000. And he doesn't start a, a crusade and a ministry. Peter the Apostle Ministries. International. International Ministries. Because they were. People from every earth. There were the Jews at that point had come for Passover, remember? And they were filled. There were so many people that were there. So, like, there was thousands of people that were there already. And Peter preaches this message. He doesn't go and incorporate his ministry or go and, and buy a hundred pieces of cloth and sprinkle it with a little oil to sell on YouTube for you know $7.99 and, and you know and open up his uh his spot Shopify. Uh, he, he, the Bible says that immediately after that, what we read in scripture. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. In the midst of all the glory and the great things that were happening, they still understood the power of the place, remember? They still understand that this is the place where they'll find healing. 
where they'll find salvation, redemption, or fulfillment. This is where they were going to find this place at. And the Bible says that as they were going, the story that we just read it, here it is where we're picking up the story of empowerment, what it looks like. The power of a story. Remember yesterday, we, I mean last Sunday we talked about it? The power of a story. The Bible says that they walk into the church and when they're walking into the church, that there's a man next to the church who is begging for money. Two things strike me super familiar with this man who was on the side of the church begging for money. One of the things that strikes me super familiar with this is that this is exactly where we find our nation and really our world in 2021. Yo, if I'm honest with you, there are so many people that just feel stuck. That life hit pause on the beginning of March of 2020, and in 2021, they're still trying to figure it out. Finances haven't been super low. Maybe it haven't been super high. Maybe it's been right in the middle. I feels like, yo, like I'm not moving forward. Like I feel like I'm just on a treadmill. And it's like, yeah, I'm taking 10 steps forward. I'm reading my Bible, Tino. I'm praying. Like I'm doing all that stuff. I come to church. I, I give a little money, I give my tithe to the church, and I just feel like I'm in this space where I'm just stuck. There's people who don't have Jesus yeah. that right now are probably in an even worse spot. Yeah. That their life feels like they're on the side of the road and nobody's paying attention to them. Wow. Yeah. Some of my brothers of color, my African-American brothers, feel in this season like they're marginalized. Yeah. Some of us, like I'm Cuban, my, my family... My, all of my family that are still in Cuba are still under oppression, under slavery. They, they still can't talk the way they want to talk. They don't have TV. They don't have McDonald's. They have no gas station where you can buy a Hershey's bar. And you can have a conversation with Jason Peebles because he just came and got stuck there about a month ago. They're still living in that. And if you don't have money that comes from somewhere else, like, you got to figure it out. But we're still under communist rule. We're still hurt. And some of my people are getting deported on a regular basis. And... All of this stuff is happening in the midst of this, and it's just crazy. And it's crazy that as church people, we could walk into the church and ignore every pain and every hurt that the people are right next to them. The second thing that I notice is that, yo, how are people going to the church, and how do they identify this man as the man that always sat next to the gate, beautiful, begging for money? When the church has the power, not only, forget about the money, the money's temporary. Like, yo, this man is lame. There's power inside of them to raise him up. Like, how does the church pass by the hurt and the pain of individuals? Yo, that's why we're reaching the Spanish community. That's why we want to reach after the youth, because I'm tired of hearing of 30% of the 64% of individuals who are dying from suicide because of COVID, because they feel stuck, because they're doing the social distancing. You're not meant to live alone. And they're finding themselves at home in fear, and these people are taking their life. And there's a percentage of that that's our high school students, bro. That our high school students, they don't have their friends. They're, not, they're tired of playing Fortnite and playing Call of Duty online. And that's the only real community that they have that's toxic. Yo, that's the reason why we're, so, we're never going to walk by those people. We don't want to walk by those people. The Bible says that they see him. And all of a sudden, the heart of what we want to be is that the Bible says, and they fix their eyes on him. It says that Peter and John fixed their eyes on him that word fix that word fix if you translate it from the greek which it was written in that's the very same word it's a gaze it's like when a lion you ever seen national geographics or maybe you had a spider or you had something am i dead right now because i could grab another microphone if i need to okay cool yeah oh there i am i'm back 
And we're back. Okay, awesome. How about I just grab this microphone anyway, just to make sure that all my friends online can hear me. Check one, two. Y'all got it? Sound good? You want to mute me here? I could preach better with a microphone. I get real Pentecostal when I get the microphone. Like I start, start screaming and stuff. It's better. You're going to understand the message better. <laughs> and the Bible says that the Bible says that they look at him and they fix their gaze on him. And the idea of this is the way that it looks like on National Geographic's when a, a lion is literally looking at his prey, and it's just like slowly edging. And it just I'm talking about you're just so focused on that, like you're just you're just looking at it and you're just slowly. Yo, what if that was the church? What if we fix our eyes on the broken, the hurting, the social justice issues, but also I want to fix my eyes on the people that are lost. What if we actually, the hurt, the pain that's happening, what if we just look at it and we just start actually moving towards it, but we keep our eyes fixed on it? Not on how many butts are in the sea, not on how many people are watching online, not on how many Twitter followers or Instagram followers, but what if we would look at the very people that newsflash, Drake is a liar. You're not going to live once. You're going to die, and all of us are going to live again. Where we live at, though, is the difference. Some of us are going to live in God's kingdom, and we're going to live with him forever in his presence. And a lot of us, and, and the other side of it, are those that are going to live outside of his presence. Hell was not created for us. The Bible says that hell was created for Satan and his angels. And God doesn't send anybody to hell. But if you begin to walk one way and you don't repent, the Bible says repent means 180 to turn from your ways. If you continue to walk that way, you're walking straight to a devil's hell. And this is the reality for our friends, our next-door neighbors, the the people that we like at our jobs, the people that we don't like at our jobs, the weird lady at Publix that keeps asking you, how's your day going? Did you find everything you have? What if we just stop for a minute and just say, yo, what's your name? Like, yo, what's your name? Like, what, what's your, how, did you find everything you like at Publix? Says, yeah, I work here. I work here. I kind of do. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> But what if we just stopped and slowed down and, and looked intently and, and actually focused and said, oh, hold on one second. God has allowed for my neighbor who hates everybody around to always look at me and say, good morning. There's a reason for that. You're in school. You're at a job. God has given you opportunity not to walk by the individuals that are on the ground. The Bible says that they fix their eyes intently at him and they tell him something that I think It's a tool for me and you to be able to use, to be able to reach those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that are lost. The Bible says that he says, look up at me. Peter, the preacher, <laughs> now he's the preacher. He was the cussing sailor man. He said, look up at me. And I think that's what we need to tell people because they got their eyes so focused, so low, bro. Like the bar that society has kind of laid for us and the vision, everywhere you look at, I don't care where you, man, every time you turn on the news, bro, every time I turn on Instagram or Twitter, every time that I scroll through a page, two things hit me. Number one, everything is so filled with lust. Like, I'm, I'm just tired of it, bro. Everything is just, it doesn't matter. You could be watching a kid's show, and they're going to find a way to put sexual in a window inside of that. Like, it, everything is just filled with lust. But then the other side of it is that everything is filled with this, like, dark, like, every, we're all going to die. Hey, coronavirus is cut in half because everybody's taking the vaccine. And nobody's taking the vaccine. And everybody's taking it. We're halfway through it. We're halfway through it. But there's another strand. Oh, my God. I don't know what to do. We're all gonna die. There's killer bees. There's killer bees. They're like the size of a little small chihuahua. Like they'll just, they, Danica, they're like the size of Arnold. They're just gonna like, they're gonna kill everybody. And it's just like, 
And people put their focus on that. As opposed to fo putting their focus on the very God that the Bible says in Mark 16, 15, I have given you power over death. I've given you power over scorpions. I've given you power over sickness. If you lay your hands on somebody, they will recover. I believe that stuff. I still believe that that stuff is applicable to us. But we got our vision so low, bro. It's like all we're looking at is, oh, we're going to die. It's 70 right now, and it's so sunny outside, and the weather's amazing, but tomorrow's going to be 40 degrees. And that's just Georgia, if I'm honest with you. Like, that's just Georgia. Georgia's just like every single season in one day. <laughs> but what if as believers we were able to tell people, hey, hey, I know it looks bad, but I want you to look up. And I don't want you to look up at Chino. I don't want you to look up at greater church. I want you to look a little farther than that. I want you to look up at Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that can not only save you, Jesus is the one that can heal your body, that he can heal your spirit, he can heal your soul. Jesus is the one that if you put your sight on him, our problems look immense. They're huge. But it's something about the moment that you put your eyes on Jesus that you notice, oh my God, Jesus is bigger than my problem. He overshadows my problems. He's so much bigger than my problems. It's putting your vision and your focus on him. Yo, the reason why we're doing all this Vision 2021, this isn't about, like, us as a church, like, you know, we're the greatest thing ever. No, we're believing Jesus in the middle of this thing. We asked Jesus. We got permission from Jesus. We put it in front of him, and now we believe that Jesus is going to do the work, that he's going to reach the, the young children that are all over the Philippines, here in, in Ackworth, in, in Cobb County, in Marietta, in Woodstock. We're believing that Jesus is the one that's going to do these things. We have focus. Why? Because we lifted our gaze up. For some of us, we walked down and all we saw was our hurt, our pain. We just looked at ourselves. Our will was so bent. But it was that moment for some of us earlier than others where we encountered the glorious gospel of Jesus, where we understood that the blood was shed to redeem us, that we have salvation in him. And then we were able to drink from the second cup where God actually restored us. We were able to look up and our eyes were focused on him and we saw him. You are so wonderful. You are so beautiful. This is the reason why I give my life to this because you're bigger than anything that the world can present to me. I don't care what CNN, Fox News. I don't care what the National Enquirer. I don't care what ESPN says. I see you, God, and you're so much bigger than those things lift your head up and I want you to look at a silver and gold I don't have I don't have the little temporary I don't have what's just this is what you think you need I don't have the silver and gold I don't have the the temporary my kids man they're crazy and my kids were, were so into a game, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what that game was, but they were so into this game, and they wanted to spend $20, each of them. Would have been $40 as a whole. They wanted to spend $20 on, a, on, a, on, on clothes, like on clothes, to put onto the, the video game player. Because they wanted to change the video game player's clothes. Ladies, y'all remember, don't act real weird, because you did the same thing with the Barbies. You were like, oh my God, I want the swimsuit Barbie. Like, you did the same thing. They're like, I want, to put, I want to put a skin on him. I want it. And it's like, yo, you're spending $40 on it? And I remember sitting down with my kids, and I'm like, listen, bro, that's something that's going to be so temporary. Yeah. Like, think about it. You're going to spend $40 on that? Like, yo, you can go to H&M, and you can buy, like, a whole wardrobe. You can go to Ross Play-Doh's closet? Bro, you, you could give clothes away. <laughs> like, I'm like, you, you really want to spend something on the temporary? And, you know, I was having this conversation with them yesterday. We were laughing because they were like, you know the, the $20 that we were going to spend on that game we actually spend it on these two sweaters. 
And those are the two sweaters that I have to tell them sometimes, like, yo, you got to change your clothes, bro. You can't go to school with the same clothes. They're like, but it's a sweater. Like, it's a sweater. I can wait. It's still a sweater. Like, they see that. And you're wearing the same sweater. It says Tokyo every single week. They're like, yo, are you Japanese? Like, what's, what's going on right now? But it's because they understood the difference between the temporary and the eternal. The idea that, that God is not so much concerned with your everyday, I'm going to give you whatever you need. I'm going to give you whatever you want. But he's going to take care of whatever you need, right? Here's what that means. We come to God sometimes and we do the same thing. Yo, God, I need silver and gold. <laughs> hey, God, I need you to pay the bills. Lord, give me a job. Lord, do this. And all of these things are, listen, don't stop praying for those things. The pastor's telling us to live by faith. I'm going to go move out into the, me and my wife. Yo, your wife is going to leave you if you go, like, live in a, in a, in a park somewhere. She's going to be like, baby, I don't like you no more. I'm gone. Don't do that. But what I am telling you is to lift your high, eyes a little bit higher. Ask your boss for a raise. Go fill out a job. Like, yo, I'm telling you, do all those things. But God is always going to take care of the eternal. This is what that means. Inside of you, you can go from job to job. If you haven't dealt with what's inside of you, you're always going to mess it up again and again and again because it's, it's, the problem is not the people around you. The problem is me most of the time. But here's what will happen. Chino, at this very moment, I can have COVID. I don't. Relax. <laughs> I'm never coming to this church. What just happened? I can have it. And you know what? I could die right now. Yeah, exactly. I died. Like, I'm like, I'm gone. And I'm, I'm like, oh, look, Chino's laying there and he's out of there. You know, praise the Lord. And, and Nadia, because Nadia has so much faith. She feels woman of God. You know, praise the Lord. She comes up here and she's like, in the name of Jesus, resurrect right now. And I come back up. I'm like, hey, okay, where was I? <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. You know what's crazy? Eventually, the Bible says that it is appointed for man once to die. Eventually, I'm going to die again. God is super concerned with this side of eternity. But yo, there's another side of eternity that's going to last so much longer than this life. One that the Bible promises in Revelations 21 that there would be no more tears in your eyes. That he will wipe every one of them. There will be a time where I'm going to spend all of eternity and I'm not going to be worrying about how much I got to pay AT&T. I don't got to worry about the 14 different Netflix accounts. Stop laughing. That's wrong. You should. There's, God is always looking at the eternal. So that's why we don't walk by the person who's laying down. That's why Peter and them said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do now, I give it to you. Get up and rise in the name of Jesus. But immediately after that, the Bible says that they brought him into the church. I'm going to get there for just a second. But I want you to understand this. God is so much more concerned with what happens after your dash finishes and they put another date at the end of your birth date. That's when you start living. I'm not telling you this part of life is like whatever, but there's going to come a time. The Bible says that it's eternity. This is big boy talk. 10, 20, 30 years down the line, when you've dead, when you're, when you've dead, when you've died already, 30 years down the line, you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, those 80 and 90 years, like, why was I so stressed? I'm all like, 80 years? Like, 90 years? Like, I was, I was worried about who I was going to marry, what job I was going to have. I was so stressed out. And now I look at it, and I'm like, 10,000 years down the line, I'm like, oh, my God. If only I would have understood. I look at my kids now, and I'm like, yo, relax. 
I talked to some of these 20-year-olds that are stressing out. I'm single. I ain't got no job. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, enjoy your singleness. Because when you get married, girl, all that get up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, all that go to McDonald's and just order one meal, all that you only pay for your phone, bro. <laughs> Those things are going to change real easily because, yo, it's looking at the trajectory. It's looking at the long game, y'all. And that's the way that I want my heart to be, that I'm always looking at that silver or gold, what can meet what you want in this moment. Like, yo, my heart, as is God's, I believe, he wants to look at the long game. And the long game, at the end of the day, is salvation. Yeah. Is that somebody will come to know Jesus because if you don't come to know Jesus, if you haven't given your heart to Jesus, you're going to be separated away from God for all of eternity. And I know this is pop, not popular preaching. You're not going to give to the offering. This is not encouraging to you. This is not encouraging for you to give your tithe or, or for you to come back to the church. But it's real and you need to understand it. That outside of Jesus, number one, you cannot be saved. But outside of Jesus, your destination is not one that you want to go to. And that's the heart of Peter that he had at that moment. It was crazy because the Bible says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I want you to get up, stand up. Like super disrespectful, right? Like... This man is in a wheelchair, bro. Like, how is he going to get up? That's like me telling, yo, Jordan, touch the ceiling. Or like, Jordan, give me a million dollars. If I could, I would, buddy. Maybe you haven't heard of me, but I've been laying down here, and I've been lame since the womb. I was inside my mother's belly, and I couldn't move. I came out, the Bible says, from birth, I've been lame. Why are you asking me to do something that I can't do? I'm so grateful that I serve a God that will never ask you to do something that you can't do. Wait, hold on. That's wrong. God, you never asked me to do something I can't do, right? But then I think about it and I'm like, oh, wait, hold on one second. God is always asking me to do things that I can't do. God is every single step of the way. Hey, do this. And you're just like, What? Like, I don't want to get up here and sing. I don't want to get up here and preach. Like, I don't want to get up here and start a mission. I don't want to go on a missionary's trip to the Philippines. Like, I don't want to give to that. I don't want to do these things. Like, every single step of the way, God is going to do things that are impossible to you to do. The reason why is because he wants you to understand your hands can't do it. Your mind and your thinking can't do it. But it's the spirit inside of you that God will begin to birth things. And he begins to do it. He's always going to ask you to do the impossible. At every step of the way, he's going to ask you to do the impossible. We put God into this box where we're just like, yeah, he'll never ask you to do the impossible. There's no way. But in reality, on a regular basis, God is always going to make you do the impossible. Get up and walk. The Bible says that this man, all of a sudden, that he, he's laying in his bed. And if you can't see me online, I'm laying on the ground here for a second. The Bible says that he's laying on his bed, on, his, on the ground. And it's crazy because as he's laying on the ground... I'm not super, like, medical. Like, I still have to ask my wife. If a kid has a runny nose, I'm like, which medicine do I give him? Petrobismol? Like, <laughs> I'm not that guy. My wife is. But it's crazy because he's laying on the ground. And if I'm not mistaken, if you are paralyzed from coming out of your mother's stomach, I don't necessarily think you know how to run. I don't think you know how to walk. If I'm honest with you, I don't think you know how to get up because you've never gotten up. Like, yo, Peter's asking him to do something impossible, but the Bible says immediately, immediately, 
he gets up and the Bible says, and he starts jumping. <laughs> Yo, no therapy. No exercise. Immediately, there are things in your life that you've been praying about. And I feel like this is a word for somebody and you can grab it for yourself. There are things in your life that you've been asking God. You've been praying, God, I need you to help me. And it feels like it's lame, like it's paralyzed, like it's not moving forward. Whether it's a kid coming back from the lost, whether it's a relationship of a, of a family member, whether it's a marriage. There's some financial questions that you've been asking God, Lord, I just want to help me to get out of this thing. And I believe that God is going to bring you into a season where you're not just lame, but that God is going to bypass every single step that you think you need to take and God's going to put you into a season where that miracle that promise is going to come to you I promise you that there are things that God does in the immediately that don't make sense there are things that God bypasses the steps God doesn't have to give you a medicine put you through a therapy the Bible says that immediately the fever left from Peter's mother-in-law it was immediately that Tabitha got up it was immediately that John the Baptist as he's walking and he's preaching to people and he's telling people, the Bible says that he gets arrested because he tells Peter, I mean, he tells the, the, the Herod, hey, you ain't supposed to be sleeping with your sister-in-law, bro. Like, stop doing that. Like, you're weird. Like, that's not, you're not supposed to do that. And he puts him in jail. And John the Baptist turns around and he says, Jesus is my king. Jesus is supposed to be the guy that rides on the white horse and that is going to save all Israel because the Bible says so. I'm in jail and Herod is about to kill me. And I know that he's coming to kill me. And at that moment, he's like, yo, so what is going to happen? Like, am I going to die? And then he's going to say, like, what's going to happen? And he tells his disciple, yo, go ask Jesus. Hey, Jesus, are you the, the coming savior or, or do we wait for another, buddy? Like, what's happening right now? Because you ain't saving. I don't see the horse. Like, you just in bad shape like me. I was listening to, the, to Harold the other day, and he was talking to the religious leaders, and they about to come get you too, bro. Like, what's happening? Like, what's the next step? And you know what Jesus says? Tell him, tell him what you saw. That the blind eyes were healed. That the sick were healed. That the demons were cast out of people. Like, tell him, tell him the evidence of what I've seen. Tell him the evidence of what you've seen. Hey, in 2021, bro, I am so convinced that God is going to bypass the steps that we've so religiously put together where you're going to get people that are going to take this microphone. You're going to get people that are going to lead people to Jesus. You're going to watch people that don't have no business even in the church house according to religious standards that are going to start reaching people for the lost in ways that you never imagined. You're going to watch people that are broken and are hurting. People that don't have the Bible figured out. People that don't know how to speak in tongues. People that don't understand this whole Holy Spirit thing that God is going to begin to use them to be able to start delivering some of the young people that are in Cobb County some of the old people that are in these nurseries, we're going to start watching as God is going to start taking the things that we need to put steps to. Well, you got to come to church first. You got to give your tithe first. And then once you give your tithes, you got you to gotta get discipled. Like, you got to read your Bible. And God is at this point where he's like, all oh, y'all, they've been discipled. You read your Bible. You know how not to be depressed because you go in the back of the Bible and you read 34 verses of not, not being depressed, but you still live a depressed life. I'm tired of you sitting in your church pews. I'm tired of you sitting there with your little cute songs and knowing all the Hill songs and the Bethels and the John P. Keys and all the gospel songs and all the contemporary songs. I, listen, if you're going to keep waiting, then I got to go with this person because I got to bypass the steps 
because I got a broken and hurting lost world that I need to reach. And God is going to start using some people. And I'm hoping to God that those people are found here in greater church, that he would find us faithful, that we're not about steps. We're about reaching people. We're about going after the lost. We're about finding the people that are broken and hurting and bringing them to Jesus. He's going to bypass the steps. He, he's going to bypass the steps. Yeah, some of us are going to go from asking and borrowing to starting to lend and giving away. You're going to go away from a season of just like, yo, I need money. God bless me with money. I need silver and gold. And God is going to be like, yo, forget about needing silver and gold. That person needs silver and gold. I want you to take your silver and gold and give it to them. And all of a sudden, you're going to be a conduit and you're going to be like, yo, how the heck do I got enough money to pay my rent? How is it that I got $10,000 sitting in the bank? How did I save that? I don't even remember making that. And God is going to move in the immediately away from the steps that you have. The Bible says that they go into the church and that all of a sudden the evidence of everything that God did is found in such a beautiful picture. Acts chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says, however, this is talking to Peter now. Peter's been preaching. Listen to the results. It says, however, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of men came to be about 5,000. Listen to what we're saying here. Peter is preaching and the people that believed the eternal, right? What really matters. From one man that was on the side of the church, Peter gives a testimony because they say, yo, I see that guy. I know that guy. He's not supposed to be in the church and doing all these things that you're doing. And they started getting mad at the disciples because they were like, yo, why, why are you doing this? Remember last week? Remember the religious leaders that they looked at them and they said, y'all drunk. <laughs> y'all drunk. Y'all up there drinking. It's early in the morning. Y'all sitting there day drinking. And Peter said, no, no, we're not day drinking. Yo, what, what you hear right now? That, that's Jesus. You, you killed him. You put him in a grave and you expected for him to stay in the grave. But this very same Jesus, he came back and this very same Jesus is now among us and living inside of us by way of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We're not, what do you mean? I want you to see something. And I didn't give them to the notes, but I want you to see something. This is the results. In Acts chapter 2, watch this. The Bible says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles. I didn't give you the notes, it's fine. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all, like, a, like a, a splendor, like, oh my God, came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were re being done among the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Watch this. And day by day, attending the church together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. Watch this. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The results of us stepping out on faith is that others will gain faith. The results of the promise that you've been praying for God. The, the, the miracles that you've been asking God, Father, I need you to do this in my life. 
your obedience is always going to produce those promises and those miracles in your life. Like the answer to your prayers, your obedience is always going to be that. I found myself in the hardest in the hardest places where financially we haven't been doing good. And you know what? A trick, it's a hack. It's a life hack that me and my wife do. And yo, I don't recommend you to do this. If you want to do it, you can. It works for us. Every time that we find ourselves in a financial need, we, we give more money than we need. And a hundred percent of the times, we don't know how it happens, but God always meets us in our need. Not on my time. Not on my time. Because like the old hymnal says, he's an on-time guy. He may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Every single time we've seen it in our life. But it's always your obedience that's attached to your promise. For you to gain your promise, you have to be obedient. But from that obedience, that promise that you have, that's not for your indulgence. Ten times out of ten, God is going to use your miracle to be able to reach somebody else. The healing that comes to your body is not for you to sit there and watch Netflix all day. <laughs> the healing that's in your body is for you to go out and reach people. The financial miracles, the breakthroughs that you've been asking for, the relationship restoration. Me and my wife, if we're broken up and we're going through a mess and God restores our relationship and he gives me the promise that I've been asking God, please help me. That restoration where we're madly in love together, we love each other. That's just not for me to have incredible guiltless sex. That's for me to hurt and her to turn around and to be able to tell couples that are broken and hurting, hey, we were on the brink, but this is what God did in our life. This is what God is doing because every single one of your promises, every single one of your miracles, God has them for you. But he always wants you to use them, not to just keep them and hoard them. So my hope and my desire is that for all of us in here that have called on the name of Jesus, that's the greatest miracle that you will ever possess. You don't deserve it. You shouldn't have got it. I shouldn't have got it. I've done nothing to earn that miracle. But please understand that your salvation is not for you to just hold it. Your salvation is for you to tell other people about it and for other people to have that very same salvation that you got. The hope and the desire of this message, of me yelling, of you screaming, for you to see that there was a man on the side of the road that nobody paid attention to, but yet there were some Christians that stopped their daily routine and their daily doings and that they turned around, that they looked at him, they fixed their eyes on him like a gazelle. They looked at him like a tiger looking at a gazelle. I'm ready to pounce on you. They saw him. They spoke to him where he was in his life. And they spoke to his future. They, they spoke to what he could be, not where he was. They told him, get up. Stand up. He wasn't supposed to. Get up. I see way past what your current situation looked like. And I'm guilty of that. Some people get on, I get on people's nerves because I call them and I say, yo, you got so much more in you. And you're a leader. And you're a pastor. And there's people that are waiting on you. And there's people that are depending on you. And, and I get on people's nerves because I look past that. I look past there. I don't know how to do that. I look past there. I'm not a pastor. I look past there. I can't do that because I'm trying to call something out. You need to get up. Why? Because I want you to look higher. Get your head up, man. Stop looking at yourself. Get your head up. Start looking at God because that same God is the very one that's going to take you from being lame to walking to leaping without therapy, without any steps. It's going to be the God that I serve that's inside of me, but he's also inside of you that's going to take you in and immediately from one space to another. You're not going to know how you got there. You're not going to know how you did this, but you're going to look back a year from now and you're going to say, yo, I don't know how this happened, but God, I'm going to just keep taking steps because I think if I, if I go back now, I don't know what's going to happen. It's in the immediately and it's in the promise that God attaches your promise to somebody else the reason why I'm on this microphone right now is because there was a guy 
he was a fisherman. And uh, he got called to be a part of a, of a Bible study. And his Bible study turned out to be something really cool. And it became a traveling Bible study. And this individual, he did some pretty dumb things in the middle of that. Jesus even called him Satan. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan, when he was talking to Peter. And this very same individual, when the person who he has spent three years with, the person that he told them to his face, I will never leave you. Everybody else will leave you, but I'll never leave you. When Jesus was at the garden, took off. And when they asked him, do you know Jesus? Three times he said, no, I don't know who that is. This guy who in the garden cut somebody's ear off before he denied Jesus. But then this very same individual that God used to be able to preach the gospel, so much so, that this broken, hurting, messed up individual, that he didn't have the money, he didn't have the pedigree, he didn't have the background, he didn't have the, the, the he had the felonies, he had all that stuff. He had everything that would mark you as un, un, unusable. That very same individual, I'm on this platform or on this floor right now with this microphone because he didn't allow for his insecurities, his mess ups, the things that he has in his heart. The reason why I'm on this altar is because he continued to spread the gospel. He... He wasn't perfect. He didn't have it figured out. But his availability was his greatest ability. Because he understood inside of me, I got the Holy Spirit. Why am I telling you this? Because that's you. Because you've messed up. Because you've denied Jesus. Because you've done things and you're like, I know I'm saved. I ain't never denied Jesus. You had some decisions that you were like, well, I don't want Jesus to see this. Let me not do this. Hold on. And you did it your own way. And then you had to come back around and Jesus had to fix it. Even with that, he still wants to use you to reach the thousands. He still wants to reach you to use one, to reach one. The same power that lived inside of Peter is the same power the Bible says that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the Holy Spirit, y'all. If I can get you to understand, Lord, that there's so much more in you. This isn't about you giving money to an offering. Y'all don't give a dime. Keep it to yourself. Actually, go use it and go reach other people. If God puts something in your heart and you have a ministry or you have an idea or you have a vision, then yo, let us know because we want to help and we want to come alongside of you. Part of our vision we already had our vision and God already gave it to us. But one of the individuals, a friend of ours in our church, Marion Devon, they talked to us and I was having a conversation with her and her heart is because she wants to reach the HBCU colleges and she's a missionary. She's raised up all her money for her salary. But you, we said, you know what? That's something that we want to come alongside of. We want to be able to power, empower you and bless you to be able to help you. If we don't get active... And if we don't stop looking interior at ourselves, bro, we're gonna, it's going to be us four no more. The bubble, the church, God is still going to do the work, but he's just going to use somebody else. I don't want him to use nobody else, man. I want him to use us. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. The first week, I talked to you about the 24-day challenge. And hopefully, if you haven't got it, we have a keychain that we want to give you, and we have a bookmark that has all the information on it. Last week, I asked you to, to write your story down. Write it down in just every detail. You heard the past, the things that you've been a part of. And talk about that salvation story, how your life got changed. And hopefully, if you feel the courage, put it up on Facebook. Put it on YouTube. Share it with your coworker. God's going to give you an opportunity to share that story. Here's what I'm going to ask you today. Next Saturday, which is March 26, 7, March 27, next Saturday, as a church together with us, everybody that's here. And Mimi is going to be leading this. She's a part of an organization that we are a part of and we love and we've been supporting and we've been, Pastor Paul and that team has been here. But what we're going to do is that on March 27th, that's a Saturday from 10 to 2, 
10 to 12.30 or 1, we're going to go uh, in, into an underprivileged community that don't have all the resources and everything that you have. And we're going to go with them. We're just going to serve them. We got some gifts and some different things that we're going to give out to the community, but we're just going to go over there. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to share your story. There are people there that they don't have the resources. They don't have the things that you have. But what better homework? Uh, pastor, tell me to read my Bible. Tell me to pray, Pastor. Like, let me fast. Let's do a fast. You want to do a fast? I'll do a fast right now. I'm, I'm, right now, I'll, social media, I'm turning it off. I just deleted it. I'm done. We, we got to be the hands and feet. I don't want to walk by the people that are lame no more. My hope and my desire is that you would actually go with us. And here's what's going to happen. Um, Mimi's going to be immediately after service. She's going to be over here in the back with Luki. And she's going to have a, a registration. All you have to do is give her your name and your number. She's going to call. She coordinate with you, give you the time, the location that we're going to be on. But, yo, what if we become the hands and feet? What could Jesus do? I want you to give to the offering. Like, I want you to do that. We're going to reach Spanish people. We're going to reach our high school students. We're going to reach the people of the Philippines. We're going to reach the young people in KSU. All of that stuff is great. But right now, we have an opportunity to do it immediately in somebody's life. And hopefully, my desire is that you would actually take that step. Immediately after service, I want you to get with her. Let's go. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be hanging out. I'm going to be talking to kids, older people. I'm not going to walk by and go to the church and watch somebody lame on the side of the road who thinks they need silver and gold when in reality they need to be healed. And we have that healing in our hearts. We have that healing in our hand because he healed us. And for some of us that are in this room, though we hear these things and we're so excited about it, for some of us, we can still feel like we're that lame man that's on the side of the road. And maybe you were outside of the church and somebody invited you. And maybe you heard about it, Google, Facebook. Maybe you've been watching online and by accident you just stumbled on this and you're listening to this black Cuban sit here and spit and scream into a microphone and you're like, yo, I don't even know what's going on. It's Jesus. And here's what I will tell you. Just like he told them, silver and gold, I do not have. What I have, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You no longer have to live in your shame stuck. You no longer have to live in your sin stuck. You no longer have to be trapped by your yesterday. Today you can find freedom. Today you can find salvation. And today I believe that God's words towards you are silver and gold I don't have. I don't got a stimmy for you. <laughs> but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Come on, would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at MyGreat.